0: Now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. (laughs) Devaluing the word great if you followed with Luke Lipinski. (laughs) Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios, and it feels like this is at least worth looking at. Wolf, considering the fact that if the playoffs started today, the Suns would be playing Golden State in the first round. Okay, if I if I said <laughs> that okay, to let's you, let's go. If I said that to you at the start of the year, you'd have been like, what? Now they're yeah. playing Golden State in the first exactly. round. Right? Who who slid the shorts on? Well, it could change certainly quite a bit more. So, like the Suns are kind of not locked into a spot. Memphis losing again, but um, but they're just kind of uh, they at least have a few games separation in front of and behind them. Everybody else is is just jammed into. Golden State is fifth, and then it goes Minnesota, Dallas, the Clippers, Utah, Portland, the Lakers, New Orleans, all separated. By three games, all of those teams I just read are separated by three games. Yep. That, that includes the final two playoff spots, all four play-in spots, and the first two teams to miss the playoffs. You could even throw Oklahoma City in there; they're a half game back. But I'm not going to. Um, is there any team in the West that you look and you're like? That's who I want in the first round, or. Is there any team where you're like, I kind of prefer to avoid them at least to start? Or does it not even matter now? Because with what the Suns are doing, the opponent is almost secondary. Yeah, you're, you're, listen, that's where I'm going right now. I kind of think
1: I am too. uh, Really? Yeah. That's a surprise to me. It really is. Why do you say that? Because for me, Luke, I've talked about this a little bit. It really is about the Phoenix Suns right now. And uh, here's the one caveat I will the, the asterisk that I will use on my belief that it's more about the suns, especially in the West, than it is anybody else. It's about how they play. If they just go out and play up to their standard, up to their ability level, and if they continue to develop with KD in the lineup over the remainder of the season right now, I, I honestly think it's going to be really, really hard for somebody to beat them in a, in a seven-game series. It's going to be yeah. very, very difficult to do that. But having said that, I will give you the asterisk, and it is this right here. Do you think the there has been a preconceived notion out there about the Phoenix Suns especially since Jay Crowder is no longer on this team that the Suns are still a little soft even with the addition of Kevin Durant that they're not they're not going to engage in the physicality
0: you can get to them by being physical isn't that right Chris Paul I think it depends on what team is looking at the Suns, if that makes sense. Like, if you're asking me if there's that preconceived notion, I don't know that Sacramento looks at the Suns. Like, hey, we can push the Suns around. But if you're asking if the Clippers, the Clippers are the sort of team that would like to push you around.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, again, even the Sacramento Kings, if you're going to look at a team and evaluate them, I I think a lot of teams would say, well, that's the one thing. Are are they as tough? Are the Phoenix Suns as tough as they once were, even last year, of course? Are they as tough their culture is it that strong i don't know if adding kevin durant will make people think that the Suns loved brawl they're ready to go they'll get in a physical series and they'll go toe-to-toe with anybody
0: but at least with joshikoki you have a guy that's kind of crazy and you don't know what he's capable of (laughs) i love that (laughs) he's crazy And I like that. Like you get into a fight and it's like a big fight. And you're like, okay, well, the other side has a bunch of big guys. Okay, we're not going to. With Kogi, it's like that guy's going to do something. And we just don't know what he's going to do in the fight. So I think there is a belief that is out
1: there that you still attack the Phoenix Suns. That's how you get to them. And I think that's going to be
0: interesting
1: to watch, especially when we get into the postseason, to see what
0: teams do. Are you thinking of a specific team when you say that? Like are you thinking of Draymond Green? Are you thinking of? I I
1: think of the (laughs) Pelicans.
0: Yeah. I, I Boy, I cannot make
1: sense of them at all. I, I know. I uh, am with you on that. But uh, I think of them because of
0: what happened last year, obviously. I was watching that game last night. They were playing Sacramento. And I thought to myself, I keep waiting for Sacramento to lose games. And I keep waiting for the Pelicans to wake up. And the Pelicans lost again. And they are 12th in the Western Conference. I know. And I know, I know the pushback. Well, Zion's hurt. Yeah, okay, Zion was hurt all last year, too. That Zion... Is always hurt. That's what he does. Yeah. they were still good last year. Yes, I, I think back now to that game earlier this season where Zion threw the 360, uh, 360 dunk down on the Suns after the game, and he was he was like, um, you know, that's because they took us out last year. And I didn't get to play. That was kind of like the thought, right? If he's going to do a 360 dunk against every team that beats his team when he doesn't get to play, it's every team in the league. Yes.
1: Having said that, though, having said what I said, and I'm not trying to ignore your point right there, Luke, I am not. But for me, the Suns, it really is about them. It's about how they play and how they come together as a team going forward. I. This is a weird situation to be in for me. I've been talking about it for the last week, maybe even two weeks. Just a weird situation, but now to watch the Suns go out and play and compete the way that they have in three games, very small sample size. What are you doing, Ron? You're actually saying this live on the air? What are you doing yet for me? (sighs) Knowing what I know, what we all know about KD and what he's doing right now, the humility that he's playing with and the talent that
0: he's bringing to the floor. It's just off the charts. Well, it feels like there's no middle ground, which we talked about when they made the trade. Like, this is either going to work, and if it works... I don't know who beats the Suns other than Milwaukee. Or it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Like, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. It doesn't really lend itself as much to, like, well, it would work against these teams, but I don't know if they could beat Memphis or something. Now, we had Zim in here earlier, and we asked him that. You know, which are there teams that you look at and say, okay, that might pose a, a tougher challenge to the Suns in a best-of-seven. He threw out Dallas and the Clippers. He said keep an eye on those two. I, I would say this for the the, the sake of conversation here. I don't really think it matters at this point who the Suns play, but I'm not going to sit here and get ridiculous and say your path to the finals doesn't matter. I think ideally... If you could guarantee a Suns fan that they were going to win the whole thing and you would, yes. would handpick and you'd say, okay, they take out Dallas, they take out the Lakers, they take out Golden State, and they take out Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like an actual path, you probably don't want to have to play Golden State in the first round. Yeah. That's, that's I, a I, tough first round matchup. Yeah, I know. You're right about that. It
1: really is. Um, but again, this is where I find myself. If you are believing what you're believing, Ron, and you're saying it on the air— Of all places, for me, wouldn't you want to face a tough team right away if you felt like you were the best team in the West? But I think the
0: Suns just keep getting better. So I'd rather face the best teams later in the playoffs. Obviously, maybe you're more fresh when
1: you get into the postseason. Maybe you're ready to go. You're you're more. Why not go out and play the best of the best and get them out of the way? You're not going to do that because of where the Suns, I believe, are going to finish. Of course, but you talk about Golden State. If they were to if the season ended today they would play the defending I, champion. I, honestly. I wouldn't be broken heart about that. That's just me. Realistically. Let's, go. let's get it on. If we're gonna win it, let's win it. Let's win the whole thing.
0: The series we all wanted to see last year that should have happened might happen in the first round. And I would honestly say this, Wolf, if you told me I had to guess right now on March seventh who they're gonna play in the first round, I would say it's Golden State. Because unless you catch Sacramento or Memphis, you're gonna get caught by Golden State that's the only thing that's going to change then you're just going to play them as the five instead of the four so right now like that actually kind of looks okay. likely I would say yeah okay uh, the Madness tips off next week, and with it comes your chance to win the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text Bucks to 62620 to sign up, receive your bracket, and compete for your shot at over $3,000 in prizes. And if you register before Sunday, you're going to be entered to win a $200 gift card courtesy of Mavericks in Scottsdale. That's Bucks to 62620. When we come back, a round of trade or stay. What should the Cardinals do with that number three overall pick? We'll take a look at NFL draft history to give us some perspective. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Trade or stay. With the third pick in the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select. Wolf and Luke look at NFL draft history and decide what the Cardinals should do at number three. All right, so here's the concept. Wolf, we've done this before. So I'm not explaining it to you. I'm just explaining it to the listeners. But I'm going to stare right at you, like I'm explaining it to you, like like <laughs> Devin Booker talking to an official, but really talking to Luca. Don't stare at me. Um, no, all right, I'm I'm gonna, don't don't make eye contact. <laughs> I'm gonna stare at the random people. watching in the newsroom. You know what I mean? Well, nah, I don't know where to look. Well, you know what? Nah, of course, Triggering. Uh, so here, I'm just going to, the way we're going to do this. And
1: then don't use foul language as well, okay? Because if you look at me and you use foul language, I'm going to think you want to go, Luke. That's
0: actually not what Trader Day is all about. <laughs> if Maloney ever gives is us that a what game. we're doing? This yes. <laughs> if Maloney ever comes to us to the game, is like, here, okay. I want you to stare Wolf down and use foul language. Yes. It'll be a fun game. My young crunks, I knew that we were playing Trader's Stay. <laughs> Here, here we go again. This is what trade or stay is. Maloney gave us draft capsules and kind of a, you know just a breakdown of the third overall pick from three random previous drafts. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna look at that player and be like, knowing what you know now, yeah. Would you have rather just kept the third pick or would you trade it? Because that's yeah. what the Cardinals have coming up here in what uh, seven weeks. They that's have the why they called trade or stay. It's really not that complicated of a game. It's simple it's not stare down and use expletives that's a different <laughs> game that's for friday afternoons All right.
2: it's a
1: trigger is it not my brothers
0: okay you, I, i'm not going to give you the years you just pick a b or c this is where we're going to start a b or c yes Start with A. Okay, so A. This was the 2020 draft. All right, so I'm gonna hear, here. were the picks. Uh, let's see. The number one pick was Joe Burrow. Joe Pretty good pick. Burrow, team one quarterback. Uh, number two pick was Chase Young. Chase Young, and then the number three pick of the 2020 draft was <laughs> Jeff
2: Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State.
1: Players with Okuda's size and length typically don't possess the same type of flexibility and fluidity that he does. His foot quickness allows him to play press release, but he also has great closing speed to make throwing windows even tighter or allow few yards after the catch. He can improve with his balance at the top of routes, but quarterbacks hardly target or can even beat him over the top. Akuda could become a matchup-proof all-pro corner during his first contract in the NFL. His NFL comp, Cardinals quarterback Patrick Peterson.
0: Trade. Wow.
1: Yeah, that right there is a big fat trade, isn't it? This guy's played, what, 25 games in three
0: years? My strongest memory of Jeff Okuda is Kyler Murray just completely juking him out of his shoes on that that quarterback sneak into the end zone. You remember that from a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. And look, Jeff Okuda may still have a a really good career. It's still early, to be fair, with him, 2020. But this is just kind of to give you some context of... You know, everybody loved Jeff Okuda in 2020. The players that went after him were Andrew Thomas, Tua, and Justin Herbert. Yes. This is where, and this is probably why I wouldn't be a great GM. If I were the Lions, I'd be calling every team that drafted after the Chargers that year that needed a quarterback, and like, hey, remember when I tried to trade the number three pick? Had you moved up, you'd have Justin Herbert right now. Yeah. I would just, I, three years later, well, I bring is, it up. That is a kick in the cradle. Yeah, so that one should Just be say trade. that out loud. Yeah. Jeff Okuda at number three, I'm trading. All right. Do you want uh, B or C? B, of course. I right, think just going right in order. All right. So B is the 2011 draft. So we went back a oh, little boy. ways here. First pick, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Always seems to be a quarterback. <laughs> Um, Second pick, Vaughn Miller. Oh, Vaughn Miller. Who Will Anderson is drawing comparisons to. Okay, those are good. Good first two picks. And the third pick is a pro bowler. Marcel Darius.
1: Defensive tackle, Alabama.
0: At 6'3", 320 pounds, Darius is the prototypical build for a defensive tackle prospect. Darius was incredibly durable during his three seasons at Alabama, where he did not miss a game due to injury. More powerful than he is quick, Darius can be a bit late off the snap at times and needs to improve his counter moves as a pass rusher. He only recorded four and a half sacks during his final season with Alabama, though he had six and a half his previous season. What Darius can do is stop the run. He has elite awareness, does a great job of finding the football, and pursues hard and fast. Most scouts view Darius as the best defensive tackle in the draft. He's expected to be in the running for the top two spots overall in the first you know it's an old draft when Dave Burns had to voice the uh, draft capsules. And you've got Boston as the, the batting. The that background is great here. right there. <laughs> what if oh. we just did throwback draft capsules this year and just did another classic <laughs> rock in the background? Okay, um, you know what I'm going to say? Stay. Boy, that class, too. Let me just read you the top 10 from that, top 11 from that class, okay? I already read you one, two, three. was Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius. Cam Newton. Then it was A.J. Green. Then it was Patrick Peterson. Wow. Then it was Julio Jones. Wow. Then it was Alden Smith. Okay. Then it was Jake Locker. Alden so Smith. team getting desperate for a quarterback. Yes. Uh, Jake Ty- Locker, Tyron Smith, I Blaine Gabbert, that. and J.J. Watt.
1: Blaine Gabbert, too. that was an that was the epitome of a quarterback reach draft. Yes. Yep. Right there, those two guys you just mentioned.
0: That was it. Right. Marcel Darius, I'm staying. All right, you'll stay there. Okay, and let's uh, let's go one more draft here. Okay, C. The year? Well, you don't get to pick it now. You just picked oh, it by process of oh. yeah, yeah, but still, okay. I get to say. All right, who you, you want? Eight, you want eight, C? C. <laughs> I said C. First pick in this draft, Eli Manning. You know who the third pick was? Second pick is uh, Robert Gallery. Third pick, Larry Fitzgerald. Cool. He was the number one player on my board. I think when you look at Larry, 6'3", 225. I had a chance to meet him this year. We were at the Virginia Tech pit game, with college game day. I think when you look at Larry Fitzgerald, you see a kid big, and he has that Lynn Swan ability to be that acrobat and have that body control and the work ethic of a Jerry Rice. When you see the ability there, when that ball's in the air, it's his. I think people talk about, hey, he's got to get off the jam. He's got off that press coverage. Yeah, he can work on some things, but he's going to put the time in on the practice field to do it boy was, was, exactly was now right on it. Kuiper sounds exactly
1: the same now, 19 years later. It's so true right there. And that is... What are you going to do? That's, an easy, that's an
0: easy stay right there. If you're going to get a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play his position, I don't want the three other picks. Okay, so I'll just
1: stay. This is really hard for me to say. It really <laughs> is. Because I want to trade his bud so badly. Um, Coming from Pitt... Base earnings. Have you ever seen the campus of pit Imagine what what it looks like when you say "pit" and the campus of Pitt. Armpit. Oh boy, here is we what go. What it is. Yet I'm going to stay. Yeah, you're gonna stay. We're <laughs> talking about one of the best players in NFL history. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: stay begrudgingly. I'm Larry Fitzgerald. He has at least from Pitt. What at least five tackles in training camp tackling you? No, he doesn't. And there was a stretch there where he would just tackle Wolf on the sideline. No, have there's video. We all remember it. Um, but look, that's. That's the perfect example, and it's not a quarterback, of you could get a truly generational talent at number three. You absolutely could. So it's going to come back ultimately to what you've been saying all along. Do they feel like Will Anderson is somebody comes you have to. to have? That's what it comes down to right now, man. Um,
1: the fact that Anthony Richardson blew it up is nothing but good for the Arizona Cardinals. It is. Especially when the Colts are at number four. <laughs> yeah, that helps. What if they love themselves? Some Anthony Richardson. What if they have fallen in love? They're mesmerized like a snake.
0: Um, <laughs> All of these drafts that we look at, every draft seemingly you can find where somebody reached on a quarterback like you mentioned Jake Locker in the 2011 draft and these aren't even ones that we're doing today where where teams traded up it's just somebody some team looks at the board and they're like yeah these four guys are better but I need a quarterback all it takes is one it just takes
1: one and that right now is looking really really good that Anthony Richardson had the kind of combine that he did
0: let's hope they forget about the tape and look at the shorts. <laughs> and, and the completion percentage. But look, you know that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are almost certainly going to go 1-2 in whatever order if the Bears trade the pick. So you're you're either going to get Will Anderson or you're going to be able to make a trade if if somehow one of those two guys drops. I think you're right.
1: Um, because I, of Anthony
0: Richardson. Well, that would make things real that interesting. Yeah. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now and because teams don't think logically when they need a quarterback. When we come back, has Kevin Durant already been more of a leader than anybody expected for the Suns? Only three games, but we're seeing some good signs. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Leader. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Tuesday afternoon. I see Kevin Durant on TV with a lot of microphones in his face. They just switched away from it the second you looked up, Wolf. But trust KD. me, someday. No Suns game tonight. I do believe Brooklyn plays tonight. Are Suns fans okay? So are you torturing yourself by watching Mikael Bridges when he plays? Like, Brooklyn plays Houston tonight. The Suns aren't playing. Yeah. Are, are Suns fans watching that and being, or like, is it okay because KD and and the Suns are playing so well? Are you watching it because you you still root for Mikel? This is like that rare situation where a guy gets traded and you are still like really invested, or are you just like, I can't watch it. I, I don't. I don't want to. He's probably going to have 38 points tonight yeah. to playing Houston. You know what, um, I've
1: got so much respect for Mikal Bridges. I love to see him going off the way that he is. I love to see the fact that he's doing very, very well. I hope he and, of course, Cam Johnson, I hope they both have great careers and do extremely well with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see what happens, of course, down the road, but those two guys are class acts, and I love the way, as professional athletes,
0: they can And go about their business. All right, I want to play this for context. It's from last week. Monty Williams. Sort of setting the stage for what they're gonna ask of Kevin Durant. And yes, now we're three games in, but it's still only three. Like let's <laughs> let's not pretend we've gotten past step one yet. There's still seventeen regular season games and then hopefully four rounds of, of best of seven playoff series. But here's Monty last week.
2: I don't think that's his deal. You know what I'm saying? I, I think too many players in the NBA get too much pressure to lead. You know, I I just don't think it's necessary. You know, it's my job to lead. And players do it in spots. But that's the one thing I told him. I said, look, I'm not looking for you to lead. We just want you to be yourself and hoop. And I think that's where he's the most free um, to be himself. We we know we have Chris. Book leads in his own way. Um, Chris has been a great leader his whole life. Uh, we just want Kevin to be himself, and I think he can show nuances of leadership, and I think he does that with the way he works. It's been interesting to hear the comments from uh, different players and different people in the gym when they see him go through his workout. It's, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before, and I think that's had a huge impact on everybody in the building, so I think that's a form of leadership. Wow. That
1: is, there's a lot there. Where do you start when you hear Monty say that? Let's
2: start
0: with what he said at the end. I mean, we, we heard in the weeks that he was, that Katie was here. But not playing. We heard Monty talking about what it's like to have him in the in the building in the practice facility. We heard Devin Booker. Remember, it's like you don't know what it's like until you're in here. To he walks in, you know you're around greatness. Yeah. It's Devin Booker saying that. People, <laughs> most of the league says that about Devin Booker when he walks into the room. You know what I mean? Uh, you referenced Da the other day uh, in the in the game against Dallas, pointing to his own head, like, "Okay, I messed up." But no, it didn't seem like anybody had to tell him anything. He was like, and we have the clip of uh, from Da from a couple weeks ago where he's like, it's Kevin Durant and he walks in there and I know I have to be at my best because Kevin Durant's here expecting it.
1: That's just his presence, the presence of KD right there and that is leadership. It really is. When you have that kind of impact on those around you because of how you go about your business, there, there, it, it's almost like two forms of leadership. There's the alpha male leader and that is a guy that is going to hold himself to a standard. He's going to hold himself to a standard. He won't hold anyone else to, but he oftentimes does it verbally as well. He, he will walk up to a player, verbalize it, or not. But he will verbalize it from time to time. You better be sure of that. That's an alpha male leader. And then there's a beta male leader. There's a guy that is going to go about his business, and he's going to lead by example. He's going to show you what it looks like. He's going to hold himself to a standard he'll hold nobody else to as well. It's the same standard. It's the same way that guys get respect in the clubhouse or in the locker room by watching a guy go out and perform. Some guys will confront you and verbalize you, and and other guys will not confront you or verbalize their take on you. They won't. And I think KD probably falls into the latter. But it's still hyper-effective. Think of Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald was like that. He didn't get in guys' faces and call them out and challenge them. Not that there's anything wrong with it, if in fact the guy deserves it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. As long as you hold yourself to a standard, you'll hold nobody else to. Nothing wrong with that. But I think KD is the type of guy that is going to lead by example. Watch what I do. You may say everything you want to say, and you may verbalize everything you want to verbalize. You watch what I do.
0: It's funny, too, that that it was kind of... You know, when Chris Paul came in here, it was like, you know, what? What's he going to do for Da? This guy is going to be the guy to get through to Da. How many different conversations have been had? Not just on this show, all across the valley. Well, this is going to happen. This is going to get through to Da. Okay, well, how about this? This will get through. Oh, he didn't get paid. Oh, now he did get paid. Okay, Patrick Beverly shoved him. All these different things, and yet KD might be the one because he really is in the sweet spot. You got to remember when when he's winning those NBA Finals MVPs. DA's a teenager, right? He's like 18, yeah. 19 years old. When, yeah. when, when he's... Taking Oklahoma City to the NBA finals, DA's, I don't know, what, like fourteen, fifteen years old. So this is somebody I'm sure he looked up to. And yet he's it's the reason he's in the sweet spot is he's still in his prime, Durant. So it's not like, oh, I looked up to this guy, you know, all the time growing up playing basketball. Now I'm on a team with him, or we're kind of carrying him because he's at the end of his career, you know, but it's still cool because he's right, here. Right. It's what you said, he has that presence. Kevin Durant has that presence when he walks into a room, whether yes. he says anything or not. And I don't mean presence over like fans. I mean presence presence over teammates. And especially a guy like D.A., I just... uh, He... It's really interesting to me how he... I feel like might be able to get through to DA more than anybody just by being who he is. Yeah, I'm really proud of you because you <laughs> uh, <stick>. okay, well, <laughs> because you have been focusing.
1: No, do you have? You've been focusing on the inside and not the outside. You've been focusing an awful lot and talking an awful lot about the inside of a human being because the inside controls the outside. Basinonians never, ever forget that. Toughness, toughness comes from inside. You are tough because of your soul and what your soul is telling your spirit inside of you what to do and what not to do you are tough because of that right there but when you think of reaching people everyone responds differently to certain approaches right maybe you're the type of guy i'm the type of guy that responds to somebody in my face i respond to that I know that kind of direct eye to eye contact and that response. I've had it th- throughout my whole life. I respond. Some people don't respond well to that. Some people don't. They don't like it. It makes them really uncomfortable to do it. And I think DA could be one of those guys who doesn't respond well to that, but he might respond well to KD's approach. If KD's approach is different than Chris Paul, and I think it is
0: different than Chris Paul. Yeah. And I think they would tell you that. Well, and they have both versions on the same team. Exactly. So it, it, it's not, it always becomes a DA conversation, but this is also who's going to reach Ish Wainwright or Josh Okogi or Terrence Ross or whoever else is, is going to be asked to do big things in the playoffs. I just, I really like the dynamic this team has, and it really does feel like the grown up version of last year's team. I loved last year's team. That was one of my favorite teams of all yep. time. But this, this now feels like a more serious, business-like, you know, everything and part of it is because they lost last year, you know. Part of that is they were forced to grow up because Dallas ruins everything, and they ruined last season. Didn't ruin Sunday, though. Yeah, the last game they didn't ruin. That's true. Uh, All right, we come back. Final (laughs) segment of the show. I think we actually have some clarity on Lamar Jackson now. So we'll go around the NFL because the franchise tag deadline is 18 minutes away. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, kid. Can
1: we pop that off at all? Thank you. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) A little key.
0: Almost a Pantera call out right there. You know, it's, um,
1: I felt like doing it again. I think it's time to bring it back. The like, Pantera call out. Like daily? Not weekly, daily? Randomly? No, not daily. Randomly. I okay. Think it's time to bring it back right. with a little bit more regularity. We should, I feel uh, like it. I enjoy it. I miss it. Screaming. It's one of the reasons why I did it, of course. You do enjoy. Is because
0: screaming. screaming. is, is It's so, uh. Cleansing. Well, this, okay, so if you start doing it, like, I don't know, tomorrow or this week or next week or whatever, and we kind of get into that just randomness of it. Yeah. You know, Pantera is going to be here in like six months. Yeah. And get them on to do I one know, with you. That'd, that'd be awesome. Either they
1: fill on, either Phil they Anselmo. need
0: to They yeah, either they need to come on this show or they need to pull you up on stage at the concert. To yeah, do it. it's got to be one of the two. I don't know if okay. I'd be able to do it in front of them. You'd, the be be, you'd be think, fine. You'd be just fine. I right, think. Give me the mic. Yeah, you'd be like, I don't know, I probably shouldn't. Give me the mic. <laughs> all right, uh, how about this? Since the uh, the deadline is at two o'clock today, this from Adam Schefter. All right. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens sent notice to the NFLPA that they placed the $32.41 million non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. He now is allowed to negotiate with other teams, but the Ravens have the right to match any offer sheet he signs or take two first-round picks in return for him. Yeah, there you go. Right there. <sighs>
1: What do you think's going to happen there? Do you think somebody's going to come up and offer him the world? No, that's not going to happen to Lamar.
0: It isn't. You don't think so? There's no chance. Because you'd give up two first-round picks for him, for sure. Wouldn't you if you're if you're one of these quarterback desperate teams? Well,
1: uh, first of all, you are you going to run the offense that he's going to excel in?
0: Well, okay, well, that takes the 32 teams and narrows it down to yeah, nine, like I six. know. Um, you have to run
1: that offense. Or, or do you have tight ends on your team that are really really good run blockers? Do you have that? Um, do you have a receiver that can run a four two? Eight (laughs) over the top. That'd be Uh, nice. Yeah, I just look. I think Lamar Jackson, the problem with Lamar Jackson is he wants guaranteed money. He wants all of his contract to be guaranteed. He wants an awful lot. And because of the nature of the type of quarterback that he is and how he runs the ball, I wouldn't
0: give it to him either. So he's getting $32.41 million, and there are people talking about giving Daniel Jones $40 million. Yeah. I would definitely rather have Lamar Jackson than Daniel Jones. Let's not get crazy
1: here. Here's the thing, though, that with each passing year, the likelihood of him breaking down no, I, yeah, I get it, more and more and more. Well,
0: not if he doesn't play at the end of the season like last year. Well, or even yeah, show up to the playoff he's, game. He's, for the most
1: part, to his credit, he's been very, very healthy. And that's always the conundrum. I believe, this is just me basing earnings, but I believe Lamar Jackson does have to run the ball for that offense to be effective and see that in the nfl is the problem
0: there it's just a weird pairing now because maybe i'm reading it wrong but it doesn't feel like lamar is happy there right now and it, it feels like if they gave him all the the money that he wanted and it was 100 percent guaranteed he would be happy like i don't think he dislikes baltimore but what you're saying is right. That's really the team he fits on the most because they have built it around him. And, and he's such a unique quarterback that it's not like you could just plug him into another team. Now, if he's a free agent, obviously, that wouldn't be difficult. But if you're talking a team has to give up some picks and pay him a ton of money and probably anger the Ravens in the process and then completely carve up their offense to fit it around him, that limits the number of teams that would do it. But I, I just I can't. Like, do you think he finishes his career in Baltimore? Um, I know that John Harbaugh, th- there's a love affair
1: between John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. They love each other. They really, really do. Um, and what's not to love about Lamar Jackson? Seriously. The competitor that he is. And the guy just the won MVP a
0: couple years that ago, he didn't is. he?
1: The dude that he is. I, I, He's one of my favorite guys in the league. Um, I just don't know if you can actually give him a guaranteed contract, and that's what he wants. He wants everything to be guaranteed on that, a five-year deal that is fully guaranteed. (laughs) Man, I, I, I get it. I understand why the Ravens are dragging their feet on that one. I totally understand why. And Lamar Jackson, to his credit, here's a guy that went out once again, and what did he do? He bet on himself, <laughs> did he not? He banked on himself when it could have it
0: could have burned him badly. He, he did. I, I guess I just, if you're Lamar Jackson, do you feel like you bet on yourself and you won? Because you're getting the third thirty-two million dollars is outstanding, but sure, this is not the five-year guaranteed right. contract. He won Guaranteed that you're looking. I for. just, I don't. Can you just do this year by year? I, he's gonna he's going to get fed up at some point. I mean, they're doing what they have to do. You can't, you can't just let them go, obviously. But I just wonder, I mean, I think that's a situation worth, uh, worth keeping an eye on for sure. Um, Some of the other names that are kind of, being uh, now made available, here's one from Ian Rappaport.
2: Deller career year, certainly
0: someone who is going to get paid. But my understanding is the Patriots are not going to franchise tag him, which really maybe not a complete surprise. It's a hefty tag, about eighteen million dollars for sure, and, and you know, Patriots certainly not willing to pay that. Although they would like to bring him back, and I would expect those conversations to ramp up. And basically, what the Patriots approach sometimes is in free agency is, we love you, we value you here, if you can go get it somewhere else then either get it or potentially we could match we've seen that in the past maybe that is the strategy here some pretty good corners out there jamel dean is one james bradbury is another uh, byron murphy is another i would add jonathan jones to that yeah that's byron John- murphy. jonathan jones who he's talking about yeah, jonathan he jones. The but that was that was somebody we talked about in your greg rosenthal piece that you keep taping up on all the walls (laughs) Um, that he was in the potentially underpriced category. Yeah, boy, the Patriots.
1: They are... (sighs) They, they are buy low, sell high. That is Bill all the way. Buy low, sell high. It goes all the way back. Do you remember Richard Seymour? Mm-hmm. Richard Seymour, a great three technique. Great three technique for the New England Patriots. Great player. Won some Super Bowls. Won, won some Super Bowls with that great three technique. The most destructive force in the football universe and suddenly there he was getting a little long in the tooth, and everyone thought, oh my goodness, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are not going to let Richard Seymour just walk away. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, that, I remember that would really be a big heard deal. Of Richard Seymour
0: again. You go to the Raiders? Raiders. I think he was like decent for a year he was or good. something. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It was, decent for a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you ever heard of Tom Brady remember they let him go and <laughs> Tom Brady he retired and unretired 17 times after that before he finally yeah, retired the right. Super Bowl um, let's see I don't think we have time to play another clip but Jonathan Jones I mean is that I know you said earlier that you liked Uh, Marcus Peters more off that list. Maybe not so much Jonathan Jones for the Cardinals. Frank Clark was let go by the Chiefs, too. Yeah, Frank Clark, interesting. A guy that I still think can play in the league, but I think it's going to
1: be spot starts from time to time with Frank Clark. Um, You know, you're not going to break the bank for him. That's for sure. He's not that old, is he? Frank Clark? Yeah, he's... I mean, he's trailed off. Yeah, I I don't want to say he's old. I'm not
0: saying that, but... Um, there's a reason why he's out of the street. Yeah, no, he'll be 30 when next season starts. So I guess he's been in the league for a while. I feel like he just got drafted. Yeah,
1: no, no, he's a little bit older than that. And we all know what happens when a guy turns 30. There's a stigma that is placed on him. A
0: stigmata. You'd rather have the franchise tag placed on you than the stigma. Exactly yep. right. That says, you know what, this guy could be trouble. So beware. What are you going to watch tonight with no Suns game? Highlights of the Suns from previous nights.
1: Um, you know what? I, I have no idea. Probably Axis. See what concert is on. Is that what you do? Yeah. Oh, oh I love it, man. I, I just assumed yeah. you
0: watched old footage oh, of no. football all the time. <laughs> I didn't know there was like a concert channel. I need to check this out. Uh, all right, that's it for us. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison, behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.